Welcome to episode two of Chatty Potter. This is going to be a Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings crossover with my friend Don Marshall. Don, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, do you want to start by just talking about the kind of content you make, what it is you do on the internet? Sure. Uh, so I am Don Marshall. I go by Don Marshall 72 on all of the social media sites that there are these days, and there are so many. Uh, I am known as the obscure Lord of the Rings facts guy. Uh, most of my content is over on TikTok. That's where I got my start. Um, and I started out just about six months ago at this point. Um, I saw a video and the guy said, it, it's a buddy of mine now by the name of Heston Horwin. And uh, the video was where he said something like, uh, Gandalf is 8,000 years old, or he was making a joke in the video that he's actually an 8,000-year-old wizard. And I went, hang on, I know how old Gandalf is. I've done the math. And I did, <laughs> and I made a video about it. So it was basically the biggest, um, well, actually, correction <laughs> that sort of jump-started all of this. And so I just kind of never stopped making videos. I think I made 12 that night. Oh, wow. And woke, woke up to like 10,000 followers and, yeah, have have almost 200,000 now and it has been a absolutely wild ride yeah congrats dude that's some like really quick success 200k in like six months it's amazing how uh how bizarre it was seeing the growth because as as you know i used to do youtube about a decade ago and to try and get a hundred subscribers on youtube in like 2008 2009 your first 100 took months you had to you had to churn out content every day or or three or four times a week and reach out to your friends and be like hey could you subscribe to me here it'd mean a lot and i still have some of those facebook messages i'd rather not remember but yeah tiktok has just been this perfect combination of free time and creativity that i've mm -hmm. absolutely loved yeah and do you find it's filled that void for you of like the the like you used to create YouTube stuff and you stepped mm -hmm. away from it. Was did you first of all, did you feel like there was a void? And then do you feel like it's been filled now? I did, yeah. I used to work in journalism and so I my YouTube days, I'd like to say, never really ended. They just changed <laughs> platforms. Um, sure. At a at a news station. But once I left journalism, I was definitely feeling that itch to create something again, because I've mm -hmm. always considered myself a storyteller. And in doing this, it's you know, quick little minute-long videos about a topic that I love and the Lord of the Rings has been with me for for basically my entire life my my mom read me the um the story actually it's kind of interesting my mom read the stories every night and she thought it was a little too violent so she would tell me person to person about what happened in that chapter at the breakfast Aww. table the next morning so i that's I so love lovely telling, yeah i love telling that story because it, it i had such a unique experience with this series that i've come to love so much because I didn't see the movies first. And for yeah, some people, yeah. that's how they got into it. 100%. Like, Because I, I saw the films first, like, mm -hmm. a number of times, and I loved them. And I went to uni and did a literature degree, and they made us, like, massively analyze sections of The Lord of the Rings, and it totally mm -hmm. killed any interest I had in reading the book, like, cover to yeah. cover. Um, like, they were like, oh, let's draw parallels between Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, which was published in, I think, the 50s, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, in the 50s. And, and also British um, immigration policy in also in the 50s. Oh, God. And, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, yeah, I mean, we can do that, but now I don't <laughs> ever want to read this book ever. <laughs> You know, or any book yeah. for a long time. Exactly. Yeah, Tolkien was was notorious for hating allegory. And like, sure, you can draw a lot of parallels. Like Mordor is basically his experiences in World War One, and the destruction mm -hmm. of nature is the Industrial Revolution. And there's all these parallels that you can draw. But 
at, at the heart of it is this guy who just really loved language and creating a universe and world building. It's like the ultimate Dungeons and Dragons uh, game master. Mm-hmm. But in, in this case, D&D didn't exist. He yeah, yeah. more or less inspired it. Oh, that's so cool. So that sort of brings us on to my next question then. Like for me, like with Harry Potter, mm-hmm. I read it from very young and it became mm-hmm. very like comforting. Anytime I was in a reading slump or in a bad place or just like needed something that was I knew felt safe, I'd reread Harry Potter or watch the films or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I guess like to me, Lord of the Rings doesn't feel as accessible. But but hearing how your mother used to read it to you as a kid, I'm guessing that's the mm-hmm. same sort of experience. Yeah, it it was to a point, and and I will say just because the, I am on Chatty Potter right now, great title <laughs> by the way. Thank you. Um, Harry Potter for me is kind of that same way. I have listened to the audiobooks, Jim Dale's versions of the Harry Potter audiobooks, and they put me to sleep every night for like a year and a half. I I just went through them every night, a half hour every night. I was like, this is perfect, and um, I started, uh. Harry Potter probably a little bit more consistently than I did the Lord of the Rings. I didn't really get into the Lord of the Rings like really passionately until I was in late high school and and college. Um, these are, as you said, kind of inaccessible books to a certain extent, right? The Hobbit is a children's book, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy is not. And the the Silmarillion, the book that encompasses everything that happens in the first age and the second age, is basically is like his version of the Bible. Sure. And so like to pick up the Silmarillion versus to pick up like the Sorcerer's Stone is night and day. And and I've always loved Harry Potter for its its shall I call it simplicity and its prose, comparatively Mm -hmm. speaking. Like Yeah, yeah. Harry doesn't use the word thou and whence, <laughs> and it's it's real nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so when, I guess, when did your, I don't want to say obsession, that feels almost like a negative word. You can, no, you, you can. This in depth with Lord yeah. of the Rings in the universe. So um, I will, I tell this in, in two phases. I've told the story a few times, but the first time is right after I saw the movies. I was fortunate enough to see The Return of the King in theaters when it came out, and from then on, I was just hooked. I watched the movies, I watched the extended editions, the behind the scenes, everything. I started whittling bows from the branches in my backyard, pulling a string on them and like testing the strength. And then wow. my mom finally caved and bought me an archery set, which I'm sure she was thrilled about. Um, uh, yeah, my, my parents are just like sitting there at the kitchen window looking at me, hitting the target like, I hope he doesn't break anything. <laughs> I didn't, thankfully. Um, so that was my first phase. And then in college, I said, you know, I really want to go sort of deep dive into this. I, I do that a lot with media, like with something like Harry Potter or The Witcher or The Wheel of Time or the Dune science fiction series. All of those things, I very much make a conscious decision to, I'm going to obsess over this for six months. And that becomes my life. And with Lord of the Rings, I read the books um, in college and then I kind of said, oh, these are good. I want to try it out. So it was The Hobbit and the original trilogy and then The Silmarillion, which took me six to eight months to read because it's a hard yeah. read. Um, but I would say it started in college and then it never really stopped. Mm-hmm. I still do listen to the Silmarillion and the Lord of the Rings audiobooks to put myself to sleep to this day. Wow. Uh, yeah, shout out to Robert Inglis who does the audiobooks for uh, from the 90s. Uh, they're very good, but some people don't like it because Robert Inglis has to sing all of Tolkien's uh, <laughs> songs. It's, it's a little rough. 
Yeah. See, I've 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 tried listening to the Lord of the Rings audiobooks, and I don't know whether we have the same narrator here because I know, for example, with when you said about the Harry Potter narrator, mm-hmm. we have Stephen Fry, who's obviously a different person. Yes. Entirely. Yes. Um, I so I started running during lockdown, and I found that I I would run further and faster listening to audiobooks rather than music, because with music I'd be like, let's get to the end of this song, mm-hmm. and then see how we feel. And songs are obviously much shorter than like chapters in audiobooks. Right. And I found myself compelled if I if I only gave myself a run to listen to an audiobook, if I wanted to know what happened next, I had to get my gear on and go for a run. Right. Okay. So I, See, you're athletic. That's really smart. I would just sit in my couch and do that same thing. Absolutely not athletic. Um, <laughs> just to clear that up for, to begin with. But um, during lockdown, I ran more than I ever had because mm-hmm. I made this decision to listen to audiobooks while I was going. And I finished the trilogy I was listening to, which was the Scythe trilogy. If you're mm-hmm. ever looking for something to read, um, check it out. brilliant. Um, but then I moved on to Lord of the Rings because it's something I've always wanted to read properly and uni sort of killed it for me and I love the films and my family are obsessed with Lord of the Rings to the point where my brother and I once sat at the dinner table for about three hours and I had a picture like Tolkien book like not mm-hmm. a kid's picture book but it, would, it was illustrated with descriptions yeah, yeah, of places yeah. and characters and stuff and we just sit there and quiz each other for hours <laughs> and don't get me wrong we we did not perform well enough in that quiz <laughs> compared to your standards I'm sure but we we loved it so I was like right I'm going to read this and I just I found what I found with the Game of Thrones audiobook where I found the narrator just a little slow and lacking emphasis enough mm-hmm. to capture me. And it's already a difficult text. Yeah. I just couldn't go for it. And I realized I've just spent about three minutes telling you I haven't listened to the audiobooks <laughs> that you said you have. There's no real conclusion. To this that is story. okay. If if I may, there is a, a brilliant guy by the name of Phil Dragish, I think is his name. He took the music from the movies and included it in the scenes that correspond oh, wow. with the movie and the book. Um, I think he did it for free. I, I need to double check that, but uh, people have pointed me in, in his direction. So anybody interested in that can probably go check that out. It is from what I have listened to. It is phenomenal. Amazing. Actually, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack got me through my high school exams as I was finishing it. That was the soundtrack to my revision. Howard um, Shore is a genius. Oh, brilliant. So, Latching entirely onto your, um, not self-reclaimed, I've entirely put this onto you, but like obsession and and um, knowing the Lord of the Rings to death mm-hmm. sort of knowledge. I have a quiz for you. <gasps> oh, not a I trivia quiz, though. Oh. Right. Okay. So have you just, this will feel like a tangent, but it's relevant, I promise. Have you watched Bo Burnham's latest special yet? You know what? I actually haven't, but I have seen enough on TikTok to know that it will throw me into an existential crisis when I do watch. But there is a song in it about Mm -hmm. white women's Instagram feeds. I have seen that, yes. Okay, so in that there is a line that says, um, they will post a Lord of the Rings quote and incorrectly attribute it to Martin Martin Luther King. (laughs) So what I've done is I have assembled, because this is Chatty Potter and there needs to be Harry Potter in here, I've assembled Lord of the Rings quotes, Martin Luther King quotes, and Harry Potter quotes, and I will (gasps) read them to you, and you need to see if you can put them with attribute them to the right person. I love this so much. Let's go. Yes. Right. (laughs) Oh, so, no. um, okay, we'll start here. Quote number okay. one. Okay. Um, Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. Oh, okay. That is Galadriel from The Lord of the Rings. That's very impressive. Oh. I see. So in planning this game, I was only expecting you to say Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, but if you can get the characters as well. I would like, like to try and at least get the characters. Points. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely bang on, Galadriel. <laughs> Correct. Good job. Right. Thank you. Okay. Out of the mountain of despair, a stone of hope. Oh. 
Oh my god, that's a great. Okay, I am between Lord of the Rings and Martin Luther King, and I think I think I'm going to go Martin Luther King. Very good. Oh, very good. Right, that one has thrown everyone I've practiced this quiz on, which is three people, and they all guessed Lord of the Rings. <laughs> very impressive. It's it's exactly like something Tolkien would have written, though. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love it. All right, let's keep going. Okay, how about this one? The burned hand teaches best. Oh, burned hand teaches. Okay. I think this is the Lord of the Rings and Gandalf. You blow my mind. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. <laughs> love nice it. Nice job. Okay. Thank you. Okay, let's go. Um, time will not slow down when something unpleasant lies ahead. Ooh. Okay. This feels like something either Elrond or Dumbledore says. So I'm going to say Harry Potter and this is Dumbledore. You can have the point because it's Harry Potter, but it's okay. actually Harry's internal monologue who says this. This is Harry thinking. Really? This. Yeah, which seems way too profound to be it a tribute does. to Harry. It but... does. And and look, no offense to your Harry Potter fans at all, but Harry doesn't strike me as a largely profound character when a phrase like that comes up. I'm totally with you. When I was looking this up, the Harry Potter quotes, almost always the profound ones were Dumbledore. And I was like, mm -hmm. I can't mm -hmm. just do Dumbledore. I need someone else, <laughs> right? right? So, I mean, that one came up somewhat perfectly. Um let us step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. Oh my god. Oh, that's great. That is a great quote, regardless. Um, let us step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. Okay, so I think I'm gonna go Harry Potter on this one as well. This also sounds like something Dumbledore would say. It is Dumbledore. Yes! Very good. Oh my word. You're going to score a perfect score, aren't you? Um, so he says that at the beginning of the Half-Blood Prince when he takes Harry from the Dursley's house, but it's not in the movies, which is why it's. I thought it would be good to throw you off. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Okay. Um, if you want to know what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors. Serious Black, Order of the Phoenix. Very good. While they are in Grimmauld Place. Brilliant. I love that quote so much. I'm so glad you picked that one. <laughs> Okay, let's go. True peace is not merely the absence of tension, it is the presence of justice. Ooh. Okay, hang on. I'm I'm just thinking about who characters in the books that would say that. That feels like that might I feel like McGonagall could have said that, but that might also be like one of the random elves of the Council of Elrond. And although Mm. But Martin. Mm. I'm going again. What do you think, River? Martin Luther King? River says Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, that's a point for River. Oh, Very good, yes, River. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, we've got it is useless to meet revenge with revenge. Okay. I think that is Harry Potter, but I'm only ruling. Mm, I'm between Harry Potter and Martin Luther King only because I think. There's a lot of people that want to take revenge in Harry Potter, but not so much in The Lord of the Rings. But Martin Luther King Jr. definitely could have said that. I will, I will go Harry Potter. Oh, wait, oh I no! You're going to get 100. It's Frodo. 
Oh my god, I didn't even narrow it down right. It, yeah, apparently it's Frodo. I could not tell you what book or what chapter but or what scenario, but it's Frodo according to the internet. Oh man, I gotta look that up now. That's gonna bother me. Oh, thank God I got you. I thought you were gonna <laughs> get all of them. Goodness for that. Oh, okay. I'm kind of disappointed in myself now. Okay, final one. Okay, so I'm three ready. quotes all okay. about death. Ooh. One from Lord of the Rings, one from Harry Potter, and one from Martin Luther King. Okay. We've got no one really knows why they are alive until they know what they die for. Ooh. Death is just another path, one we must all take. And to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. Oh, okay. Well, I know that death is just another path, one that we all must take is... I know that that is Gandalf in the movies to Pippin. Very good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. To the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. And no one really knows why they are alive until they know what they die for. All right. So the next the the quote about death being the next great adventure strikes me as a Dumbledore quote or it's it's most I mean I feel like Dumbledore talks the most about death in all of the, these are so good like well done you this is amazing thank you all right I will say Dumbledore says to the well organized mind death is but the next great adventure and Martin Luther King Jr says no one really knows why they are alive until they know what they die for Ah, very right. very good i yeah. i think it's really impressive you only slipped up on one i'm i'm Thank shocked you. that it was a lord of the rings one honestly i thought it was gonna get you on a harry potter one but <laughs> dude really impressive good thank job. you thank you that was fun so uh, the rest of the whole podcast is just games now we have nothing else to talk about i, I feel it. like we've I talked plenty <laughs> um so i figured we could sort some characters from lord of the rings into their harry potter houses oh absolutely absolutely yes okay that... <laughs> So some might be really easy, and mm -hmm. I'll let you lead on most of them because you will you will by far know the Lord of the Rings characters better than I do. But fair. Start with Frodo. Where do okay. we think Frodo's going? Frodo. All right. So, had you told me that Frodo was a Gryffindor, I would believe you. However, I think Frodo is actually a Ravenclaw. Frodo is a little bit more of the sort of book smart rather than the sort of br inherently brave. Mm -hmm. Frodo doesn't really do, I say this knowing full well that he is one of the main characters and this does many brave things, but if I'm looking like deep into his soul, mm -hmm. he strikes me as a Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I'd say mm -hmm. a lot of the bravery from Frodo is done out of maybe a, a feeling of obligation mm -hmm. rather than ne like necessarily being like, this is yeah. what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. This task was, was you know, it came to me. I didn't choose to go to it. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. going out to seek adventure. All right, yeah, I go Ravenclaw on that one. Perfect. Okay, Um. let's go follow it up comfortably with Samwise. Samwise Gamgee is a Gryffindor with, if he want, you know what? Samwise Gamgee is a Gryffindor, but Rosie Cotton, his wife, is a Hufflepuff. Okay, cool. See, I would have defaulted Samwise to Hufflepuff. So, so for me, at least... Sam is a Hufflepuff for the most part, right? He has all of the sort of, <laughs> I don't want to say the meme-like qualities of Hufflepuff, <laughs> but Hufflepuffs have kind of become a meme in their own right within the Harry Potter fandom. Sure. But it is it is in his most trying moments that Samwise Gamgee not only rises to the occasion, but seeks out that adventure. He begs to go with frodo right no mm -hmm. one made him go he said i am doing this 
it needs to be done the loyalty that he has to frodo the the strength that he has in the scene the i can't carry it for you but i can carry you to me me every time every time every time right right in the heart i will agree with you saying that sam gives off some hufflepuff energy but deep down i think the sorting hat knows he's a gryffindor okay i like that that explanation made me give me mad neville longbottom vibes like neville <laughs> yes. in the earlier books yes. a bit clumsy same energy like yes. probably could have put him in a hufflepuff but then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by book five he's begging to come along to the ministry to yes. fight for the prophecy total gryffindor out and out it just needed the it just needed the situation to pull that potential out of him oh i've got goosebumps i don't know if you know this there's a tiktok going around that's like what two clips give off the same energy and now i want to create one that is a harry potter uh, a neville longbottom samwise gamgee one Oh my god! I please might, do it. I that might make brilliant. that. I have to make that one. We'll, we'll rush the end of the podcast. So you can go and <laughs> channel this creative energy. No, we're having far too much fun at this point. Carry I, I'm on. I'm having a great time. Okay, uh, Legolas. Where are we putting him? Okay, so Legolas. I might. I might get some some flack for this. I will actually put most elves. Mm-hmm. in slytherin now i know yeah. it has a negative connotation to it but i think when you look at the elves and having read all of the backstory of lord of the rings most of the elves have a very slytherin mindset right they're very determined they're very focused they're a little bit power hungry so they've got mm-hmm. that like conniving sort of scheming way obviously proud as well proud very proud yes the elves i would say are probably the proudest race behind the dwarves mm-hmm. but the dwarves any dwarf i I assume you're probably going to ask me gimli eventually but uh just for full disclosure i feel like gimli might also be a gryffindor but we'll come to that when we get there yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. okay i yeah i'm totally on board with legolas in um, Mm -hmm, in slytherin so do should we jump straight to gimli now yeah gimli is a gryffindor gimli gimli to me is a gryffindor um with maybe a little bit of of Hufflepuff energy, but I think I attribute that to the movies. Movie sure. Gimli and book Gimli are, are different characters. I don't really? mind that. They, yeah, Gimli in the uh, movies is kind of used for comic relief and like the tough, burly sort of stereotype. They expand his character, obviously, a little bit beyond that. But book Gimli, um, I, I always use this as an example of how you should view Gimli for real. There's a great quote that, as the fellowship is leaving Rivendell, uh, Elrond is saying, now listen, you've all chosen to go on this like death sentence to <laughs> Mordor. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to stop at any time, that's fine. Because in the books, uh, Boromir and Aragorn are going to go to Minas Tirith. And, okay. Yeah, and they eventually, obviously they don't. But um, Gimli is like, whoa, 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 whoa. The quote is, faithless is he that says farewell when the road darkens. Meaning, that was one I was going to pull into the quote. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a good one. It's a yeah, really, yeah. really good one. Um, yeah, and that quote to me, like Gimli is in this to the end for me. And had Aragorn not made the choice to follow Merry and Pippin, I think um, he would have gone with Frodo to the end. Gimli has that Gryffindor energy of, I am going to be loyal and true and brave until the very end. So that's, that's okay. explanation on that one. I love it. Perfect. Uh, let's let's complete the trifecta then. Aragorn, where's he going? Oh God, this is so tough. I I've been asked this question before, mm-hmm. and I have come to a couple of answers. Um, because obviously people are multifaceted, but when you boil Aragorn down to his most base character traits, yeah, he is also a Gryffindor, but he has very strong 
both Slytherin and Ravenclaw vibes. I like that. See, when when I said Aragorn and you said it was like a little complex and you'd come to different answers at different times, like mm-hmm. I had Aragorn as like the most obvious Gryffindor. Okay, let's go for Gollum mm-hmm. and or Smeagol. What house are we putting them in? Oh, goodness gracious. Can I can I pull out a... a I have a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, precious... What house do you think we're being? I, my dog hates this voice, full disclosure. <laughs> well, precious, what house do you think we're being? Got him, got him. <sighs> we are in Slytherin. We want power. We want vengeance. I really like Hufflepuff, though, precious. Hufflepuff sounds wonderful. No. No. You are alive because of me. Less precious, I'll do that. Bravo. That was <laughs> phenomenal. Thank I, you. This is this is the third episode of this podcast I am recording. And I don't think for as long as I continue to do it, I will get a moment better than that. That was phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Right. Okay. So I have a question for you. We're, we're away from sorting characters now. And my question is, how far along Frodo's journey do you think you would get as the ring bearer? Oh, if I'm being honest, if I am starting in the Shire and making my way, and if there are no ring wraiths chasing me, I think I make it to like maybe halfway through Holland, which is when the birds come and find them in that like stony, rocky area. Yeah. Um, or maybe the doors of the Mines of Moria. Okay because the tentacle monster would absolutely get me. <laughs> if I am doing this with ring wraiths chasing me, mm-hmm. I don't think I make it past the point where Frodo jumps on the raft. It's very brilliantly honest of you. If anything, I'd say you're overshooting a bit. Like, if you've got the one ring of power, are you telling me you don't immediately put it on and succumb to its temptation? Oh, you know what? That's a really good point. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I probably stopped my journey at the Shire. That's a really good point. So um, the next game I wanted to play was how far do we think these Harry Potter characters would get along the journey? Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, so we'll start with, like, Harry first of all. Like, okay, this protagonist complex, how do we think Harry's going? Harry wouldn't give in to the temptation of the ring right away. He would want to save everybody and make his way to uh, Rivendell. Are we assuming that Harry has his wand in this case? Like he's got all his wizarding powers? Yeah, go on. Okay, cool. So he could probably handle the ring wraiths fairly easily with a few Avada Kedavras. The swords go away. The horses, you know, maybe fall a little bit. I would say Harry makes it to maybe into the Mines of Boria. Okay. I don't think, I think Lumos with his wand traveling through the mines of Moria with thousands of orcs, I think eventually he gets caught somewhere and just doesn't make it. Through. Yeah, I feel like we're going to get to the mines of Moria with a lot of these characters and then yeah, yeah. they'll lose. <laughs> what about Ron? Hmm. I think Ron makes it to Bree, but doesn't switch beds, <laughs> doesn't put the pillows in the beds. Yes, because Sorry, unless Ron. Hermione's there to tell him to do that. Exactly, 100%. exactly. If it's Ron and her, look, full disclosure, if it's Ron and Hermione, we are getting to Mount Doom. No yeah. question. You think the Golden in- Trio could do it? I, I think the Golden Trio could do it. I think Hermione alone could do it. To put it this way, Ron would collapse uh, when he meets Shelob. Yes. And Hermione would collapse. Hermione might actually throw the the One Ring into Mount Doom. I feel like she's she's smart as smart as a whip. There, I feel like she might be the one to do it. 
I'm wondering if she'd take too much pity on early Gollum to the point where he'd corner her. Oh, her compassion would get yeah. the best of her. And, and you know what? She did start spew. Uh, it's actually S P E W. It's not spew. Is it though? <laughs> right. Look me in the eye and tell me it's not. Spew. Uh, Hermione's words. I'd I'd call it spew. <laughs> I paid someone on the internet to write a fan fiction called Spew on My Face between Hermione and Dobby. That's so. right. You did. I saw that video. It is brilliant. Okay. So I think we're probably agreed that individually Harry, Ron, and Hermione probably fall down at some point, but yes. the three of them go together. They probably have enough to get there. I, I would say they've been through enough at that point. Like if we're talking first year, 11 year olds, probably not. But like, fourth fifth sixth year harry ron and hermione yeah yeah I, yeah I think they do it they had the brilliant idea to switch off the horcruxes between people can you imagine how fast this would have happened if it's like here sam it's your day okay cool mary it's your day oh thanks <laughs> and just alternate mm -hmm. right oh boromir it's uh actually boromir you stay far away from us we're all getting a yeah maybe not maybe not just so much easier <laughs> Okay, do we think Dumbledore could do it alone? No. Dumbledore is very smart, but Dumbledore falls prey to a lot of the, I won't say common tropes, but that specific trope of longing for the past, that, that desire to change or, or see what could have been. Mm -hmm. I think he would fall into temptation of the ring eventually. I think he gives into that power. It's like, well, I'm a good guy. If I put on this ring, I won't fall to its power. But eventually everyone would. Yeah, I completely agree. I think knowing what we learn about Dumbledore in The Deathly Hallows and his backstory, like pursuing the greater good, kind of like yeah. not liking his family because they pull him back mm -hmm. and stop mm -hmm. him from the greatness he could have achieved. That maybe early and naive Dumbledore, 100% corrupted. Yeah, yeah. And I think any Dumbledore probably corrupted by the power thinks he can wield it like you said thinks kind of like i think it's is it faramir who thinks that they can oh no i think it's boromir at the council of elrond when he says we could take the ring and win the war right yes yes and i think we dumbledore would have a similar way of thinking i agree absolutely agree okay dobby <laughs> okay i'm going to equate this a little bit differently there's a character in lord of the rings called tom bombadil he shows up for like a chapter and a half and can see through the invisibility of the ring. And when he holds the ring and puts it on, nothing happens to him. Right. I think Dobby would not be affected by the one ring. He would just be like, oh, master has given Dobby a ring. Oh, it's a great trinket. And just like wears it around his his neck as a as a trinket of, of luck and not affected by it at all. He is, he is too pure for this world. It has no effect on him. Brilliant. I love that. I was actually talking to my friend about the fact we were planning this podcast and I put Dobby in and she said Dobby would immediately put on the ring because it's clothes and he'd feel like it had been freed. And then he's <laughs> like, Master's given me a ring, like you said, and then put it on, think he was free and then just go invisible and Sauron would capture his soul. That is an amazing point. You know what? I might I might change my answer. It's 50-50, <laughs> whether or not the ring just doesn't affect him or whether he just puts it on immediately. Amazing, amazing, I love that. Okay, um, I think that's all the games that I've got now. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been absolutely wonderful. I loved the quotes, I loved the games, and uh, I gotta say, I don't think I realized how many parallels there were 
from the Harry Potter franchise to Lord of the Rings. I'm going to I'm going to have to look at this with a, a much keener eye next time I go through my read throughs. Uh, yeah, I think there are there are a fair few like I, I mean, you can force them with any analysis. Right. But I think in sure, some instances, sure. there are some pretty solid ones. But dude, thank you for coming on. This has been so much fun. If you ever want to do another episode, I can get tons. Absolutely. More quotes. Um, Absolutely. Brilliant. I love it. Perfect. Thank you so much, mate. So that was our crossover Lord of the Rings Chatty Potter episode. I had so much fun with Don. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Make sure you look at the other episodes if you're into Harry Potter at all. Otherwise, I'll see you next time.